And I'll put these two cards back on top of my library. And that's it for my brainstorm. Go ahead, Remy. Alright. Ready, set, go. I'm going to go ahead and ink this Rapunzel. In response, I'm going to arsenal this card. Um... What happens next? Find out on this episode of Does It Resolve? Good evening, everyone. Welcome back. It is Season 3, Episode 1 of the Does It Resolve podcast, where we're just three guys talking about the game, or maybe games, we love to people who hopefully want to hear what we have to say. I'm your host, back again, JS, and with me today are my co-hosts, David. Say hi, David. Hola. And Remy. Say hi, Remy. Hi. So we mapped it out. It has been 11 months. 10 months, 9 months, it's been too long. Way, way, way too long since we have recorded. And we're back. We're recording again. We have things we want to say. Hopefully they're interesting. They probably aren't. That's okay. I have missed you guys so much. The genesis of all this is we've been busy. Life happened. The three of us went and judged an event in Montreal. And we realized that we actually missed talking to each other and berating each other on camera. So we figured we would make everybody else suffer through it and listen to us again. David, how have you been? It's been a, a crazy year, but it's been a great year. I've uh, you know changed my life quite a bit. I'm looking forward to experiencing it with you guys. You've, it, it has changed quite a bit. There's been promotions. There's been movements of houses. There's been postings. I moved away. Remy, what's new with you? Just kind of chill. <laughs> I mean, I there's been change. I like I don't know. Uh, a couple small things. I had a baby. Well, I mean, I didn't have a baby. Uh, my wife had a baby, and yep. I was there. <laughs> you were present. You were present for the birth of your child. Are you sure? I I heard you may have been AFK. No, I was. I was there. I, I like uh, you know. So they, you know, they David's- asked me if I wanted to cut the umbilical cord, but uh, yeah, I I didn't. I I think I literally said to the doctor, I was like, Nah, it's fine. Just let the professionals do that. Oh my god! Oh my goodness! In a rare turn of events, Remy didn't think he was good enough to do something right away and be the best at it. I know where my limits That's are. huge. That's huge. That is personal growth. You have grown in the last I was year. Say, that is like tangible growth. I mean, I moved like two hours up the highway. I got away from you guys. I've stopped playing for a bit. I don't even, I didn't even remember how to tap lands. Uh, but Montreal was a ton of fun. That, that face-to-face event was a good time. They put me on sides, so I didn't have a whole lot of judging to do. But I sat, I think it was like 112 commander tables that day. Yeah, you're Some right. ludicrous. You're busy. People it was ridiculous. Were, people were tapping lands, and it's all because of you. <laughs> it was all because of me. I mean, the main event was amazing. I learned. I found out that we're not allowed to say that something is going to fire anymore. I was going to be like, "Hey, this table is fi- is, is is fired, or like, we're firing this table." And uh, David was like, "You can't say that. People are going to think the hall is on fire." And I was like, "They're French. It's not fire. It's fur. It should be fine." <laughs> yeah. No, we don't fire events. We launch we them. Yeah, we don't want to scare people. We we launch events. But if Elon Musk shows up, do we still say launch, or will he think that's a SpaceX thing? <laughs> I mean, if you say fire, he might take out a flamethrower. I, <laughs> okay, I don't think fire or launch would go well with him, but... Uh, that's accurate. That's launch, fair. Launch is better than fire. So you guys have obviously judged way more events than I have in the last year, but we've also played a bunch of different games, and a bunch of new games have come out. You know, we made a joke about it. Uh, Remy, you started playing uh, Lorcana, which is great. Yes. To be fair, I, I feel like this was David's thing. Well, I want to say Aurora's thing. <laughs> and uh, it just kind of spread from there. But yes, I did get my wife to play Lorcana. So she hates magic and she enjoys kicking my butt in Lorcana. So we jammed some games of that. Oh my god, I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt you. You just mentioned something. David got married this year. Uh, yeah, that was a thing that happened. That was a thing that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that kind of maybe happened. Yeah, I was trying to downplay it. You know, no big deal. <laughs> I mean, I guess we were all there. We, we were all there. We yeah. did literally all stand up at his wedding for him. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that was mistakes mermaid that day. We were both in the wedding party. I still we don't know were. why I was in the wedding party, but... Uh, well, probably because you're one of my best friends. Aww. It's like one of those, like, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. <laughs> yes. The Do only you way really you know we're enemies, Remy? I mean, you oh, dreamt wow. about, like, murdering me, <laughs> and it it made you happy in ways that I don't want to say on air. Uh, first of all, I didn't dream about murdering you. I dreamt about bad things happening to you. 
uh, regardless of what they were. <laughs> That's not better. Regardless of what they were. And yes, I was very, I woke up very happy that day. Death would have been too easy. <laughs> Kept you alive and tortured you for weeks. And to be fair, you tortured me the evening before. Hey, listen, Stephanie. Stephanie did the the hardest uh, role on you that that night. I mean, Stephanie acted out the puppet master as well. I've never seen someone get so mad at a shizo. It was pretty impressive. <laughs> <laughs> it made you so mad. If it was just the shizo, then you're right. This be messed up. But it wasn't just the, the shizo. It was the four turns before the shizo. That's fair. I feel like the shizo was like the breaking point. Yeah, no, it was the icing on the cake. <laughs> the, the shizzo. It, was, it, David, it, it bugged the shizzo out of me. David wanted nothing more than to pick up his cards and go home, but he realized he lived three. He was three hours from his own house, <laughs> and so I had to sit there in my kitchen and just suffer. Oh, yeah, it was the most uncomfortable suffering I'd ever done. That was the closest <laughs> I've ever seen David to flipping a table in person. Yes, yeah, I mean, 100%. David was so salty that he was like, you know, in the war movies when like an explosion goes off and they have like, um, like the tinnitus kind of like ringing going on yeah, in their ear. That's all you heard. That that's that was basically David because we were having a full conversation. He was completely zoned out of. We 100%. like rule zero. I was like, I was playing mono black, and we we're like, oh yeah, we let me rule zero in salt blast. Yes. Yeah. So all of all of your all you have salt blast in your mono black deck and yeah. all of your swamps or scrub lands yeah. just for that. Just yep. just because of that. Yeah. Hundred percent. He was so salty. It was great. I th- I'm looking that at was him right that. now in the camera, and he's like, I can tell that he's starting to like remember it, and there's a tinsy bit of salt like sprinkling down on him right now. I can. I'm, <laughs> he's getting mad as we. He is. <laughs> he's, he's again going to dream about you suffering tonight. Yeah. <laughs> it will be glorious. Uh, I think it, it, w- it was even better because I won every game of every format that we played so I'm glad tonight you, too. I'm glad you brought that up because then the following time we played, I did end up beating you. I did break your streak. I wanted that to be oh, known. Yeah, what did you I did beat break me in? your streak. Arena. We were playing Explorer oh, on Arena. Arena, and I right, did. right. Last game, I beat you. Finally yes. breaking your streak. Yes. Yes. It yes. took three days. That did <laughs> it took three days, but I finally broke your streak. And that's one of the things that that weekend brought back for me. I actually booted Arena back up and started playing again. And it's not as it's not as good as paper. I'm not going to lie. I still have my issues with Arena and the economy, but I'm really happy to be back into it. And I think we spent all of like we spent at least two nights this week, at least two of us, the three of us playing. Uh-huh. Um, so it's it's been good. I'm glad to be back into it. That's an interesting point. The the arena economy thing is something that people are talking about because recently Arena came out with a new uh, version that a lot of people are interested in called Timeless. Uh, yep. So a lot of people who were like boycotting Timeless, boycotting Arena, we're not going to play the stupid economy, da, 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 got this opportunity to play with cool, crazy cards. And they said, you know what? I'll give it a shot. So very popular content creator, aspiring Spike and uh, avid Arena hater took into Actually, the... Hashtag not sponsored. Took into the the arena worlds to play some timeless. I watch a lot of his content, so he's been talking a lot about the economy. He was able to purchase because you can now purchase wild cards on arena, which is something that is either beloved or hated. And he was able to spend four hundred dollars to purchase a total of just over five decks on arena. Now that either sounds like a really really large amount of money or a really low amount of money, depending on what kind of Magic the Gathering you play. Like, yes. if you play Legacy or Vintage, that sounds like nothing. If yep. you bought all your cards on Magic Online, it also sounds like nothing. But the thing about both those things is you have a tangible object to then sell afterwards. Whereas on Arena, once you buy it, it's yours and you can't do anything with it. So it's a lot of money to spend on one game. Can I just say that, like, MTGO still exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this whole, like, idea of, like, buying the cards you need to make these decks... Or, like, exists on MTGO. I do yes. like the Timeless format. As soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, well, here, here comes the uh, reserve list on Arena. People are going to be playing, like, Vintage and Legacy on in Timeless. Or uh, I don't know if they're going to come up with a different version of Timeless with, like, power in it and whatnot. But I think it's pretty cool. I, I saw that, uh, like, I can play Sneak Attack. Not Show and Tell, but just Sneak Attack. And I was like, ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sneak it's not sneak and show it's sneak and sneak just and they do have sneak. 
sneaky sneaks. They do have, you know, the uh, the shock, uh, not the shocks, the fetches are on there with cons returning and stuff, and they have like the, all those treatments. The problem is though, like they had issues, and I'm I'm, I'm not famously not a programmer um, or good at games, but they had um, issues with MTGO with all the new formats coming out. Every time they would bring something in, MTGO would crash, and they'd have problems with the coding. Um, I was under the impression that one of the reasons that Arena didn't have the older formats is because they're worried about what the older cards will do to the current coding of Arena. Yeah, like things like Ember Cooler, like those big cards like that, right? So like it could theoretically crash the clients. So they, that's why they're kind of staying away from it. So I don't think that Timeless is going to be vintage. I don't even think it's going to be legacy. I think they're going to do kind of in the same way they're doing Pioneer, where they're not putting in all of the cards. They're slowly putting in the cards that people are playing. And they're still like two years behind on that. So I don't I don't know about that. I th- seem to remember when they did Timeless, or sorry, when they did Explorer, they said the reason that we're doing Explorer is because we it, it will take us too much time to get everything, you know, put into the systems, but it is something that we would like to work towards eventually. They just kept it very open-ended and didn't tell us what eventually actually meant. I do recall them saying that they were going to like David said, eventually make explorer pioneer like they they said we're going to bring pioneer to arena and for now here's explorer yeah Yeah, no i i agree with that what i'm saying is like do we actually think timeless is going to turn into legacy vintage like i I think that you know how they do the anthologies yep i think we're gonna see like timeless anthologies where they'll bring like dual lands i don't know if they will do dual lands but i'm just saying well they have they'll, they'll bring I don't think they have like Taiga and Underground Sea and all that, and they like they so, have them. You can conjure them up or whatever. Yes, so th- just they one. Have them. Well, I know Underground Sea. I saw Tropical Island. That's I thought one. it was just Tropical Island. It's I didn't see it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's a merfolk thing. Right? There's a merfolk that makes a Tropical Island. I don't think there's an Underground Sea. Uh, anyways, no. um, so like, uh, like I don't think it would be very hard, but they could totally mm. do anthologies and like they did with Explorer, just concentrate on like highly played decks and come up with the cards for those right so so them making a digital version of a reserve list card is not unknown like they remade the duels for mtgo this isn't something that they have never done before yeah no, right? no, like no. we have reserve list doesn't so, matter digital the yeah. power nine was on arena there was a weekend yeah. where you could draft with the power nine yeah yeah they, they did do so, that. so it's already been so it is possible. Yeah, yeah so it's so it is possible so i mean that that i'd be down for what i will what i'm still do not want to touch is arena specific cards. I still think that is is gross. <laughs> oh, the al- alchemy cards? Yeah, the alchemy stuff. Like, no, I'm not in for that. So that's one area where I'm. That's that's the major reason why I'm not into timeless because that it does have the alchemy cards. But even more so, something we've talked about on this podcast before is that they've been able to errata cards or change cards that have been banned in one format so that they function differently in arena and then in timeless yeah so four fairies the most three fairies slash four fairies the most common example of this but in timeless what they've actually done is they've reverted those cards back to their regular printings which has caused some confusion amongst uh, newer players where they, you know, they've came in and it was always four fairy to them. They didn't know it was ever three fairy. And then they go build a timeless deck and like, Oh, Hey, wait, I was looking for my planeswalker that costs three mana. He costs four mana all of a sudden. Other way. But yeah, he used to cost four. Now he costs three. If they were, yeah. On timeless, he costs three now, but if you play uh, uh, historic, he costs four. Yeah. You know what? I am. Things I find interesting about digital formats are how they play differently in paper, mm-hmm. uh, especially like if the the coding isn't like up to date. Like for example, I we brought up I brought up the Emmercool. There was I was playing in they might have patched this now, mind you, but uh, I was playing a, a match. My opponent cast an Emmercool, and then on my turn they just conceded for me, and I lost. Oh, yeah. Oh, so like. There are like sometimes script issues with these older cards, but one thing that I find interesting that's kind of a new thing is the uh, is it Amalia? Is that yep. how I say it? Yep. Yeah, yeah. The yep. Amalia combo, the Wild Growth Walker. Mm-hmm. I, I don't actually know how this works on Arena, but I know how it works in paper. But I just I find it interesting to see it on Arena to 
see if the loop just keeps happening and happening and happening and happening what you just have to like sit there for an hour until somebody concedes because i don't think they do force draws on arena as far as i'm aware of so i don't think a situation like this has come up on arena so it's kind of interesting i did it for science did you? Yeah. I did. What happened? Uh, so it does have a force draw. Uh, basically, um, you can either decide to let the rope happen right away. If you let the rope happen right away, then it will then at the end of the rope uh, start doing the trigger and get the trigger going until timer runs out for both per- players. Once timer runs out for both players, then it says draw. Gross. So you have to watch it. So if you have like each have like ten minutes left, you have to watch the timer for ten minutes. Well, there's the, the the essentially there's a hidden timer. There's no real timer, right? So the rope is your actual timer, and basically the rope I think is three minutes or something like that. Um, there, there is a real timer when you're playing tournaments. Well, I wasn't playing tournaments. I was just playing in like casual. Yeah, he's just talking oh, okay. about the rope. You know how you get like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Turn, no, I, I know the rope, another. Yeah. Yeah, another like rope addition. Uh, yeah. So basically, it's a, I think about three minutes is what it can stack to. And so let's say you're both playing a, an excellent speed, and then you know you're about to combo, but you are going to do the infinite, the actual force draw condition. You can then just let your rope go completely, or you can keep playing for whatever reason until you play so slow enough that the rope has to go. I don't know why you do that. So you just let your, your rope go all the way through, and then it's going to now, assuming that your opponent doesn't have any interaction because they didn't have interaction when you were uh, starting this infinite combo, it's going to just force them to resolve all their spell or resolve their priority because they have nothing to uh, do. And it'll just continue the trigger. Continue, 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 continue uh, until their rope expires too. They won't see the rope happening. It's just going to count the time and say, okay, it's been enough time. It's a draw. Yeah, because no. unless they have um, full control on, if they don't have uh, in, anything to interrupt the loop, it, they'll just probably rope out, right? It, yeah, well, it just it doesn't show you the ropes happening, but that is a hidden uh, timer that they're using. So as soon as both players' timers run out, like both all the rope is gone, then mm-hmm. it just, just says it's it a just draw. It says a draw, yeah. Interesting. Well, there you go, folks. Well, there you go. Have to sit <laughs> there for five plus minutes and uh, wait for a draw. I think it's interesting that we got to a place again where we we could do this because uh, when's the last time that forced draws was like an actual thing in in competitive magic? It, it was the Oblivion like ring thing, right? Triple O rings. Yeah, triple O rings. I mean, there's a few. Can't think of but it, it off the top of my head. But. It, yeah, it's not very common though, right? Yeah. Where right now we're um, like you're, we're talking like loops, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. A, a loop that you actually can't give an ending to. Um, so the other part of this situation is that this deck um, is like a deck that survived a really interesting ban. Let's let's choose the word interesting. <laughs> Particularly because when that ban happened, it was like weeks after a new set came out and there was another deck that was running around that people were really afraid of. And this deck was like people were aware of Amalia combo, but it wasn't seeing any play because the other deck was just a little bit faster and a little bit more consistent. The other deck was um, Discover deck that, yeah, yeah, using Geological Appraiser and Eldritch Evolution. And then clones to just make a bunch of Carnotaurs and Geological Appraisers and then give them haste. They banned that out. And then because they banned that out and didn't touch Amalia, she just kind of exploded right to the top. It's a fairly consistent deck. It's a kind of Pioneer's version of Yawgmoth. But the thing is that it's more aggressive in those regards because you actually have a... You're not using your life as a resource and you actually are gaining life. So your opponent's don't have that extra angle to attack you on. Uh, it's not as good as Yogmoth as a diehard Yogmoth fan, but it is a, just a very different world. I mean, we're, we're talking about uh, Pioneer decks, and I, I hear you. Amalia, just, I, I've seen you play it. I've seen you play it on Arena. I've watched videos of it. I don't know if I'm that interested. However, I do need your help. So I need the two of you, because the, the local store here in town only runs Pioneer. They don't do Modern. What Pioneer deck should I play? 
Ooh, is this another challenge? It is not, no, it is not a deck challenge because we've all found out that no one cares what decks JS play. But <laughs> what we can have is a conversation about what you guys think I should play at the store. So I think they're doing they're doing three pioneer and one modern. So I already have my modern deck. That's fine. A living end of them all to death. But I need to figure out what I'm going to play. For well, pioneer. what's the meta like? I have no idea. I haven't gone yet. <laughs> I'm going this weekend. I'm going for the first time this weekend. Um, it's literally 400 meters from my house, and I haven't been to play Magic yet. It's criminal. It is criminal. I mean, Grease Fang is still a thing. Grease Fang is definitely a thing, and it's a thing you enjoy. And because it's not like the top thing as we all thought it was going to be after Karn yep. getting banned, um, it might actually be a good place. There aren't a lot of like Am- Amalia is not a graveyard deck. There are uh, Phoenix is a graveyard deck, and that is also something that people consider. There, it's not like graveyard decks are the only way to play Magic right now. They are for Jones. You- <laughs> do not you, wrong. Do you want to play like an actually structured deck, or do you want to like brew your own thing? Well, we both we all know I can't brew. All right, let's just let's just get that right out of the way. JS is not brewing. JS okay. tunes. He doesn't brew. <laughs> Does he tune? I, I like the is it Phoenix deck for JS. To be yeah. honest, uh, I, I I don't know. I feel like you lose too often with Grease Fang. <laughs> I think he was playing the wrong version of Grease Fang. I think yeah, he I was playing, always been I was on. Playing Mardu Grease Fang. I was playing yeah. Mardu Grease Fang on Arena because that was the only one I had built. I need Abzan Grease Fang. I could probably win with. I've just seen you but, make too many mistakes playing Grease Fang. Yeah, I'm not sure if you understand the interactions correctly. I wasn't even there, and like David had to like ping me to let me know of your like colossal mess ups of like. That wasn't Grease Fang. That was Jund. Oh, it, no, it was Grease Fang, actually. Yeah, it was, oh, it was yeah, too, wasn't yeah. it? You sacked your thing before you did damage. Before damage. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. No, it was it was Jund. It was, it was Jund. He doesn't play Deadly Dispute in Grease Fang. He, it was Jund Sack. It was like Corvold stuff. I was, playing, I was Corvolding. Yeah, that's why he had Deadly Dispute. You don't play Deadly Dispute in, in Jund. Sorry, in uh, Grease Fang. I mean, it's Jess. He can play whatever he wants. That's fair, but so yes, he was he was definitely playing Ta-da. Jund, and he went to attack me. I had no blockers, I had no man up to do anything, um, and uh, he wanted to just make a treasure off his Goblin Shaman token from Fable of the Mirror Breaker. So he went to combat. He did the attack, and he held priority as the trigger was being made for the treasure token, and then deadly disputed it. And I'm just like creature. The creature. Yeah. yeah, and I'm just like... That's too damaged. Why? I didn't like, need you, it. It's like, I'm not blocking. I have no nothing to block with, even if I wanted to. Uh, I didn't need the first. damage. <laughs> just, well, you lost, so I think you did. I lost by six, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I was going to say, did you lose by two life? I did not, and that's what I said. I said. If I lose by two, your point is valid. If I lose by anything other than anything over two, then your point is invalid. I feel like a Just, lot of people would disagree with you, but... I mean, you're right. And pretty much 99.9% of the population would, would disagree with me. It was interesting, to say the very least. So, Phoenix or Fang? Alright, alright, alright. Um, okay. Yeah, but like, I don't know. I, I kind of like, like the Quintorius clone deck for you, too. Quintorius clones, yeah. yeah. I watched that video. That was a, that was definitely a deck. That was interesting. I think the thing I like about it for you is that it is it it actually feels to me like a living end because once you do the thing, you actually do it. And when you're not doing the thing, all you're doing is stuff that people don't care about. So like in living end, you're just cycling cards. No one's going to stop you from doing that. When you're doing the Quintorious things, you're just cycling spells to get treasures and put stuff into your graveyard and try and get to what you're trying to do and get enough mana to cast Quintorious before turn five. Honestly, I I disagree with that because Mm. I feel like living end players should be doing things that impact the game before they do their thing. Only cycle. Hold hold on a second, Remy. I just need you to think again what you just said. You said living end players. You didn't say JS. Okay, fair enough. Sure. Okay. Okay. Great. Only cycle. I only cycle. (laughs) When I dredged, when I dredged, I only dredge. When I cycle, I when I live again, I only cycle. I have one speed. I have one speed. I respect you for it. I do one thing and one thing only, and that is nothing until I do the thing. <laughs> I remember playing JS's Living End deck and like cycling a 
I can't remember what the card was, but it gives one of your creatures trample. Yeah, yeah. To hit in for lethal, and Jess is like, oh, that's what that card does? <laughs> I never thought to do anything with cycle other than just to cycle. <laughs> yeah, I think my exact words were, oh, yeah, that's right. That's why I put that in there. I literally never used it for it. It was the Titanoth Rex. I have one copy in the deck. I still have it. I actually, uh, after that game, I played it in, in uh, at the old LGS, and Tighten off somebody, or no? It was one of the events a crit hit. I tighten off somebody, and they were like, "No one plays that card anymore." And I was like, "I win," because I did the Remy thing. The Remy yeah. thing. Did you hear the that? Remy? He did. He did the Remy thing. Was the Remy the thing Remy just thing. reading the card? Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, I don't. I I don't read. Like I've I've openly said I play face roll decks. Like I play like Living End Dredge like combo decks because I need to learn what they do to about sixty percent to be able to play the game to win about. 10% of the time. Can we and just, then all can I need we to do just is apologize to all the living end players right now who make it seem like the deck is a easy deck to play. Living end is an incredibly complex deck and we appreciate your admiration to playing that deck. Everyone. I love that deck. I love my living end deck. Well, I know you do, but you're still bad at it. And we make it sound like you're, you know, it's an awful deck for people to play. Oh no, it's a great deck for people. I'm terrible at magic. I can't even play Lorcana. That's true, but neither can I. <laughs> I uh, I can't even play Flesh and Blood. I tried. We tried picking up Flesh and Blood, and and uh, Remy won all of the games and decided that he was the undefeated champion and then retired. We played Flesh and Blood for one day, and Remy's career was done. I mean, my win rate shows one hundred percent. So I think it's <laughs> interesting it why we we picked up uh, Flesh and Blood and why we haven't continued to play it. Why is it interesting? Uh, because I think. We were talking about it because we had heard that there was a number of events going on in our area and not anyone to judge them, and people were looking for judges for them. So we decided we were going to help out that community and do it. And then by the time we uh, were ready to go, there weren't tournaments that were firing. Sorry, that were launching. Don't say don't say firing. <laughs> I feel like that's just because the Arcana happened. Th- that's the interesting part. The, the thing that's fascinating is Ooh. I find the local LGS is like when they were running Flesh and Blood Night, um, they literally just cycled those into Lorcana Nights now. But Hold on, I, they're playing Living End? They Living Ended it? What did I say? You said cycled, which is a Living End thing. So oh, that's a very I get it. Okay. Problem. Oh my god. All right, just just calm down. Ignore. Just, just, just pretend like it wasn't. <laughs> All right, moving on. So, yeah, they've just cycled that into playing Lurkana uh, and directly replaced their Flesh and Blood Knights. I, at least the LGS is near myself, and I think I'm assuming David as well. Like they've mm-hmm. dropped their Flesh and Blood Knight, although they're still selling products. So, like somebody somewhere is buying the stuff. So. So, so yeah, so the, the store here where I live just opened. Like, they opened just before Christmas. And they had uh, two or three boxes of Flesh and Blood. And a bunch of the, star- the Blitz decks, including like, the Professor one, but, yeah, all of them. They have probably a dozen of them. They have two Blitz decks left that haven't sold. And they went through four boxes. Not a single person showed up to the store to play. Yeah. I have no idea what's going on. Like, I have no clue what is happening. They have bought four boxes worth of product. They had to order more in. He sold it all, was like, hey, guys, we can play here. And they're like, nah, dog, we're good. And they went and did it somewhere else. And Raw there's, dog, nowhere else good. there's nowhere else to play here. They were like, we're going to go Arsenal over there. And they tucked it underneath their hero and never came back. Like, it's, it's weird. Where are all the Flesh and Blood players? Like, what sewer are they playing with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in? Like, that's <laughs> what I want to know. Like, where did they go? Like this is a this is a Dateline. What's that show? Uh, Dateline or what was the other one? The Fifth Estate. It's like a Fifth Estate investigation. What happened to Flesh and Blood? Where did all these players go? Events are still happening elsewhere. Just Canada comparatively, just uh, it didn't pick up as much here, at least in Ontario. Is it because we're too polite to play a game that's designed to two people punching each other in the face? We're just too polite. We want to say sorry every time. Yeah, I don't know. And then Lorcana here hasn't picked up. Neither has Pokemon. Like they're selling Pokemon, but I mean Pokemon's always sold like crazy. Right? Pokemon like, has had a huge rush of players lately. I don't play the game personally, but I know a lot of my fellow judges that I work with are also mm-hmm. Pokemon 
I guess the, they called them professors yep. instead mm-hmm. of judges. And it actually sounds pretty cool, that whole program. And it is. It is run by the creators of Pokemon, so it's an in-house program. But what I heard is they changed the structure of their tournaments fairly recently. So they broke it up into age categories. So now you don't have like a, you know, 30-year-old battling a 12-year-old. It's now like there's different age groups. Genius. Uh, I don't know why it wasn't always like that. Like they explained that to me and I was just like, that just sounds like common sense. Yeah. But yeah, it's drawn a huge amount of players. When I was in Vancouver at the Magic RC, we sh- well, we didn't share spaces. The hall right beside us was running the Pokemon RC, and mm-hmm. it was packed. Like, it was yep. way larger than the Magic RC. It was crazy. Pokemon's a good game. So, like, my kids all play Pokemon TCG, and my older ones are starting to get interested in Magic, but they all play Pokemon, and they love it. And it's it's a really solid game. Like, it's well done. And they must be doing well, because watsy has been copying them, right? Like, I'm pretty sure we recorded the episode where we made fun of the Magic the Gathering tag team that was taking notes from Pokemon, right? When they had, like, the the two heroes on the same card, like Galta and Maverin or whatever. It was the same thing that they did when they did Pikachu. Yeah, the team-ups. They they had that in Pokemon, too. They had Pokemon Pokemon tag team right before it. Like, Pokemon did it, and then Watsy did it. And same with, like, the the foiling treatments. Like, Pokemon has always had multiple versions of cards. And then Wizards was like, hey, we can do this, too. They failed at it because they're all Pringles, but they tried. What was the the one foiling type that Magic did recently in Commander Masters? The edge break or... What was that mm-hmm. called? Something. Oh, the frame breaks frame from break. Snap. Thank you. Yeah. They, did, they literally called it frame breaks, which is what it was called in, Mar- in Marvel Snap. Marvel. Yeah, yeah, which was a digital game. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I still am not a fan of that frame broken jeweled lotus, by the way. I still don't think oh, it looks no. good. Like, I've seen them in person. I'm like, I don't like this. Like, this is not magic cards. But a, a treatment like that done to, and maybe it's just, maybe it's bias from the game. A treatment like that done to something like a flesh and blood card or a Pokemon card can look good. And Pokemon's had amazing foiling. <laughs> talking about how that comment you just said uh how it doesn't look like a magic card i was at a tournament um so i i did obviously i had a kid so i took a little judging magic uh break yep. so besides montreal the event we just did my the last event i did before that was in june 2023 it was the toronto regional championship and during that event i had a player call a judge because they were playing, their opponent was playing. It was a secret layer version of a card. But it was like I think it was one of the. Um, it was the dismember that was like the movie poster. Oh yeah, yeah. And yep. he was like, "Judge, what the bleep is that? What is this? What is this? This is not a card." And I was like, "That's dismember. Like, do you want the oracle text on it?" He's like, "Like, is that an actual legal magic card?" And I was like yes it is and he's like yeah how like that doesn't look like a magic card like how is that allowed and like the player was playing with like a bunch of different finishes like that and he had the um japanese altered uh cards from strixhaven and all these things and, and the player was just like super tilted that these were all legal cards and he's like none of these even look like magic cards he's like how, how is this allowed like i don't even know I what's mean- happening i can't read any of this I mean, I get it. They, they've kind of, they, they've kind of dialed it back. So, like, we have Ravnica Remastered coming out like this weekend, basically. Um, and the only real draw to it is the shocks, right? Like, it's it's a remastered set of Ravnica. So, like, sure, it'll be a fun draft environment and everything else. But there's three different versions of the shocks. So you have classic looking shocks. Um, then you have old border, and now you're gonna have another version of full arts that are gonna be readily available instead of just being found in um, an infinity packs, right? I just. Like, I I, th- I thought orb, old borders were cool when they did it, like, the first time, the second time. You're getting bored? And, uh, it's not even... It just feels so lazy. It's like, we're going to reuse the same art for this card, put a different border on it, and charge a premium for it. And, like, we're calling this now a premium product, and, like, here's an yeah. entire set to try and pull, like, these things. It, it, like, it was cool in the beginning, and everyone was like, oh, chasing these old border versions of cards that were played in like eternal formats and whatnot. And they're like, you know, the eternal players, like I, even myself, like I was like, Oh, old border preordain. Absolutely. Like, Oh, that's yeah. going right in my legacy deck for sure. And it Force felt negation. cool. Yeah. And, and it felt cool at the beginning, but then it was just like, 
they just overdid it. I mean, I mean, what haven't they overdone lately? But it just feels super lazy, especially because the last year of Judge um, promotional cards that they did were the old border cards, and like, yeah. I just want to say, like, typically, like a Judge promotional card is supposed to be like this fancy art that's that's the draw you know you get a mm-hmm. it's a, a thank you for doing all this stuff for our program and and pushing tournaments for us here's this really dope art of a card that's playable and it's exclusive to judges and yep. then they're like oh um actually we're going to be super lazy about this and we don't want to pay any artists here's the same reused art and we're just going to throw some brown on it and uh, there you go. And oh, I'm by the glad. way, all of those uh, cool exclusive judge ones that we've been doing lately. Yeah, we're just going to reprint those in a set that everybody can has access to and can buy. Like, what is going on? Sorry, you, you had something to say, Jess? Yeah, I was going to say, so do you think now with the advent of all these new judge programs that we're going to get multiple versions of judge cards. We're going to have like five, five different sets of judge of judge cards. Uh, honestly, I, I don't know. I, I'm at like 90% positive. We won't be seeing judge promos. Maybe not ever again. Or, Cause never is a long time, but f- probably, yep. probably in my lifetime, like I don't think we'll see another judge promo period unless they do like i i like tease you know a uh, a new master set you know <laughs> j- j- judge masters <laughs> judge masters <laughs> set I mean, of all judge promos and that's how you the have to be a judge to buy <laughs> you have to you have to have your old dci number to buy it yeah <laughs> you have to prove you have a dci number and a judge level just to buy this product <laughs> What, what? How did they do those boxes for Judge Academy when they had those uh, Judge Academy exclusive boxes? That's the only way you can sell it. But not through Judge Academy because they're gone. You're going to have to go through one of the other five separate people. To, to five layer. separate organizations. It'll be a secret layer. There yeah. you go. They'll do the Judge secret layers. Oh, you know what they could do? The product. Yeah, they could do a secret layer. It'll be like the Judge secret layer. And then in order to buy it, you have to have an access code. And they'll give that code to the programs. There you go. Right. That would yeah. work. That's yeah. how you do it. Did there I just solve the problem for Wizards? You did, and, you, and you have to pay 200 bucks US for those five cards. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. One promo code is 250 USD plus shipping. Yeah. yeah. There we go. We got. We sorted it out. Yeah, uh, if you are enough. looking to contact us, we can be reached at uh, doesitresolve.gmail.com. <laughs> the doesitresolve podcast at gmail.com. Yep. Um, hey, David, is it going to be easier for you to old border Yawgmoth or to uh, new art Yawgmoth? Categorically uh, easier for me to uh, n- old border it. And We're I being distracted by a baby. And Sorry, it's not David. <laughs> yeah, David's stuttering because uh, a baby has now uh, made its way into the podcast. He looks super unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> Takes after her dad. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, she's so sweet. So always judging. Facts. Yeah. All right. So returning to the conversation. Yes. Cut from here. David, is it going to be easier for you to old border Yogmoth or alternate art Yogmoth? Uh, categorically, old border, which is why I'm not doing it. Um, it just seems like they they have cards that they really want to make in old border treatments, and they just don't want to do, uh, you know new artworks for uh, and one of them just so happens to be card of calling uh very played card not just yogmoth plays it it's played in pioneer quite a bit amalia plays it in pioneer uh so instead so that you know my deck can't match they in ravnica remasters came out with an old bordered quarter calling and i was like oh i'm gonna see a new whatever version like i don't i don't care what it has on it i just don't want it to be old border i want it to be extended art but they didn't I, I'm at the point like I do. Not, I'm not a Doctor Who fan, but I bought four of the Doctor Who Secret Layer lands so that I could make my my land base have the un, uh, full full bordered Dalek lands or whatever they're called. Uh, yeah. Just because that's what I want to do with the deck, but I can't. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I did briefly just fact check you because I felt like I saw a Ravnica remastered full art Court of Calling and I didn't. And this old border one kind of looks awful. They took the that original art. art, right? It doesn't look great. Yeah, they did. They took the bird. 
it 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 doesn't look great. It's like a uh, hallowed fountain, specifically hallowed fountain for the old border treatments. The old art for hallowed fountain looks awful in old border. It is too sepia toned to look good in old border brown. Did they use the the OG Ravnica art for the yeah. uh, uh, for the the shocks? Yes, they did for the shock lens. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, they do have full arts, so that you will be able to get non-Unfinity shocks, um, and those look okay, but the, specifically Hallowed Fountain did not turn out well. Blood Crypt was fine. Um, let's see. Uh, Blood Crypt was fine. Hallowed Fountain wasn't great. Well, Hallowed Fountain, the art was always kind of like messy. Meh. It just reminds me of going to Parliament. <laughs> like... I'm going to be real. It just reminds me of going to a really crappy parliament. Oh, wait. Uh, no, no. Sorry. I'm not thinking of Hollow Fountain. I'm thinking of... No, I actually liked the Hollowed Fountain. Was it Dissension? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the Breeding Pool looks boss, though. Old Border Breeding Pool, that art looks great in Old Border. I will say that. Yeah, Breeding Pool's probably my favorite of the original arts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's dope. Well, I think I was shoehorned Steam into... Vents. I was, my... Steam Vents looked messy. Sorry, David. That's okay. I was shoehorned into sticking with Infinity Lands, though, because of the Dalek Lands, because it just doesn't make sense. Wait, which one? What's, what's the Dalek Land? What's the name? Blooming Marsh, specifically? Yep. From the Secret Lair? Yeah, no. I don't, He's talking where's about the, the Fast Lands? There are full art Fast Lands that aren't from Doctor Who. Yeah, no. but there's just not for that for that, um, for that one. cycle. Oh, do they only have the allied ones? In, yeah, an allied only, not enemy. That was in one, right? Uh, it was in. Um, it was Frexia one, like one. Uh, yeah, all will be one. Yeah. Oh no, Brothers War. Hold on, I've got them right here. I've got them literally right here. Hold on. I think it was one. I'm pretty sure it was one because I remember selling some to JS. Oh yes, it is Frexia. All will be one. I missed the uh, Zendikar expeditions. The, the the Zendikar Rising Expeditions, those were nice. I missed those. I, I My favorite thing about them was they did non-foil versions of them. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I do not like foils in 60-card format. No. No, I agree. Apparently, I, I'm a stickler, and I'm a bad judge about that, but... Uh, yeah, I heard that about you in Montreal. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but... No, uh, I... Literally, I was walking by a table. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, they didn't mention me by name, but... No. Uh, Too many many players have issues with their foils, like... And the thing is, like, a player just assumes if their entire deck is foiled that it's... They can't be... Nothing can be wrong with it. And I'm like... Some... Like... Foils... Like, if you had brand new foils, which I will admit, I'll give Wapsy... I don't want to give them a props, but I'll give them some form of a prop for their new foiling has gotten a lot better. Uh, but if you compare those to like Commander Legend foils, yeah. if you have a deck with a mix of Commander Legend foils and new foils, you can Commander pick up Legend, those Commander Legend. Yeah, like they're, they're going to create gaps in your deck and they're going to be Mark Hearts. So. I was actually, yeah, I was talking about that at work today. One of the work, a couple of people I work with are, are Magic players and we're talking about uh, having a fully foiled deck. And they're like, we either go all foils or no foils. And I was like, well, funny story. <laughs> you can still get screwed over. Like, it's still completely possible. Yeah, absolutely. Even if they're all foil. It's like the the slick, uh, the oil slick foils. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, the cards are actually thicker. Yes. So they take up more space in your sleeve. So they create a bigger gap in your deck when your deck's sitting there. And they're all marked. Like, and you, even if they're flat, like they don't have to be Pringled, like just because your card is flat doesn't mean it's not marked. Like there's other ways for a card to be marked. I, I gave a guy a, a game loss of marked cards because he had four, um, it was four sensors mm. in their deck and they were the only cards that weren't double sleeved. Yeah. And they were easily, easily picked out of the deck. Easily picked out? Yeah. Jeez. So, like, there's a lot of different things. You know, you got from the vault foils. Those are known for being thicker, even heavier cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's lots of different ways. So, uh, it wouldn't don't be, play foils. 
Yeah, pretty much. It wouldn't be an episode of Does It Resolve if we didn't talk about full art lands, because we always do. I'm just looking at full art swamps right now on uh, on, on uh, Scryfall, hashtag not sponsored. The fallout lands are baller. I love the new fallout lands. They're going to look great. I can't wait to have them. Oh, it's so good. But uh, the full art swamps that they did for Lost Caverns of Ixalan, all five of them. Sorry, I said swamps. But the full art lands that they did for Lost Caverns, fire. Every single one could be almost over like tied with uh, uh strix lands for me like with the next lands so good i agree i they're maybe top four or top three plans for me i definitely have enough to put like three edh decks together with them but a lot of feedback from a lot of people playing or against the cards are wait i thought that was an island what do you mean that's a swamp wait i thought that was an island what do you mean it's a mountain so a lot of the of the lands have like this blue color in the background and yes there is definitely black and there's definitely red in there as well but it does have a weird amount of blue in it so people are like oh that must be a little blue land over there for whatever reason but the mana symbols at the bottom like it literally has a symbol for it mm-hmm. yeah but you wouldn't typically look at the bottom like that's where it's but it's like the bottom corner right like that's not typically the bottom center it's the bottom when middle. you're on the battlefield and you have your lands all stacked on top of each other just to like the sides showing because you're trying to keep it all organized and they don't see the bottom because there's underneath another card and you're just like what do you have untapped over there oh okay so you okay. got you got two islands is that the so side it- or the back side though those cards have backs is that the reference <laughs> you're making no because the new basics the Double oh, basics from Do Excellent. you know that there's another one coming out that they just announced today? Can we just stop doing double-sided cards for the love of all that is like good? Not happening. A whole new double-sided secret layer deck is coming out. I, I mean, it's, no. Cat, it's Ren and Siri, cats and dog deck, and one side of the card is cats doing the things, and the other side of the card is dog doing the things, and the basic lands are cats having fun, and the uh, on one side and the other side is dogs having fun on the other side. Uh, no more double-sided cards. Like th- There aren't very many sleeves that cover the back of the card well enough that you can't tell that it's a double-sided card. And I'm just- You can't see Remy uh, literally moving his hands around on his into his other hands to symbolize cards going into sleeves. It's really entertaining to watch. He's like, you can't do the thing, and then his hands are like trying to twist as he's putting <laughs> cards into sleeves. It's really, I, I apologize. We need to have YouTube because this is great. Like, I am just so <laughs> tilted by the number of double-sided cards. Like, they did the the secret layer, the like Ulamog and all that nonsense, and they're like double-sided. I was like, at first I saw it, and I was like, oh, that looks cool. And then I was like, they're double-sided. I hate it. I'm never going to purchase these like just no just stop it just like they're double-sided for no reason it's the same card on both sides why why wizards stop doing it i don't want to see it i don't i don't want it at my tournaments i but hate now, it it's awful now you can have a whole deck a hundred card deck that is fully those replacement sleeve cards <laughs> not a playable deck like jesus it's legal, but not like, good. It's not going to be a good deck. <laughs> but it's such a good opportunity for you to draw every single card yourself, Remy. That's true. You have an, art, you have an arts degree. Let's you, go. Do you know what? Like, <laughs> Here's the thing. With, one, with the double-sided cards being marked in your deck, it's not that you can... I've never had one, and I've never looked at one closely enough to be like, oh, I can tell that's a Fable the Mirror Breaker. It's mostly that you can see the text box, and you can tell that it's not a magic card back. You, it's like a magic card front, because you can see the text box. So, would you say that not all cards have backs? Anyways, so... <laughs> <laughs> if, if the entire deck, like if somebody actually went and made some nonsense deck, and it was all double-sided cards, I don't even, like... Unless I could tell exactly what card it was, would I give them a mark card warning for that? I don't know. I mean, the secret layer ones don't have the same text boxes. Like, they're like the full art, whatever the hell nonsense. But, um, like, if they're just like fable, like regular cards double sided, I don't know. It'd be, that'd, that'd be interesting. I, 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 I'm waiting for the day for some clown to 
pull that out and they're start playing double-sided climb cards. We actually know someone who is building it. And though we've never played with this person before, I'm, I might arrange it so that we just get the opportunity for you to, to tilt. I would love to just see you tilt on this individual. I just want to look at the deck, like do like a deck check, not deck check, just to see if I can tell the difference. Casual kitchen table deck check. Yeah. Just sweep them. Just be like, you have been selected for a deck check. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. So... I will say, I have been looking at these lands while you guys were talking, and they do have an inordinate amount of blue in them for the LCIs, but I still think that the complaints are unfounded, and these are gorgeous. Uh, the Island, the Swamp, and the Mountain. So if you play Grixis, you're fine. The Island, the Swamp, and the Mountain all do have a lot of blue. The Forest and the Plains, unmistakable. Um, the Island, unmistakable. So it's really just Swamp and the Mountain. Still gorgeous, still top three. Still amazing. I, when I first saw the lands, I honestly thought they were doing a... Uh, uh, what's called um, Universes Beyond with uh, the new world of Z- Legend of Zelda because it actually looks like the stuff you see on the maps when you're exploring. And yeah. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, are we doing a, a Legend of Zelda? Oh my god, oh my god. Diehard Legend of Zelda fan. Got yes, you the, are. The words uh, wisdom, power, and courage tattooed on my body. Just saying. Is that the Triforce? That is the Triforce. Okay. Speaking of basic land arts too, uh, can I just throw in the the final, you know, boot out the door for judge programs? I mean, like, uh, was it our judge land? Judge programs is the, the, the what the hell happened here? Basic judge lands. Where but there's like, owls on them. Honestly, that owl was photoshopped in after the 100%. fact, and nobody 100%. can tell me differently. It wasn't even nope. photoshopped in good. Like I nope. feel like it was like a high school student in the and photography it. class it was- learning how to do Photoshop, and this was like their side project, and they're like, oh, cool, there's an owl. Someone... Someone at Watsi opened it up on MS Paint. Yeah, like, it's so bad. And the thing is, the those, like, the year they... They've been doing themed years, and this year was supposed to be all artifacts. So the fact that they're like, oh, here's artifacts, but most of them are reused art, and they're just retro because we don't give a shit. And then they're like, oh, well, here's the third quarter. We're not going to tell you what artifacts we're giving you because we're not going to give you artifacts because we haven't thought of anything to give you. And, oh, afterthought, all right, here's some basic lands with some, I'm going to go ahead and guess that it's reused art and Photoshop a bloody owl into this nonsense. And uh, here you go. And by the way, they're like two months late. It's crazy to me that initially everyone's like we hate these lands these lands are awful and still i think everyone's on that page but ever since the announcement that judge academy is no longer a partner of watsi or is endorsed by watsi uh all the promos the judge promos that have the owl icon from judge academy on them are skyrocketing in price like edgar markov went down to like 140 dollars, and he's back up to five all over again i don't think that has anything to do with the basic lands. I think that's just like people being like, oh my god, judge promos are gone forever now. And what it does mean those basics are gonna be worth a lot. So the basics were like thirty-five dollars when we first got announced and now like the island's a hundred and fifteen. You know, I wanna know what Judge Academy did with all of the extra promos that they had after they lost their thing. I'm assuming selling it are they selling them on the side? Did they have to send them back to Watsi? Like, I, nah. I don't know what they did, or were they like, "Here, you guys are all my friends. Here, have some promos or something." I mean, Judge Academy's not the gone. Bills. They got to pay the bills. Yeah, I mean, uh, like Judge Academy's not gone. They're just not, you know, they don't have a contract with. They're not endorsed. So what else is there now, though? So if Judge Academy's oh not gone, what else is there? There's so much. What are we doing? Okay, so uh, like to name a few. Because everyone was in a panic. Now, here's the thing. They're like, the judge program, there are a lot of judges that are more involved in the program than others. Like, I'm, I would say, a lot less involved than take, like, you know, some of the judges that have been around for a long time. So they they talk to each other. They're, They're all friends. And they knew people knew that things were happening before they happened like 
people were reading Insider. into the situation, you know, before the official canceled contract with Judge Academy or the not renewed contract, whichever one it was. Um, so they saw those lands and knew the iceberg was coming? Yeah, basically. It, it all started when the promos weren't being announced and things, promos weren't being sent and then, you know, a couple months had lapsed and still nothing, no word from Wizards. It was just, you know, ghost town. So, like, th- these are all signs that people have been in the program long enough. They've seen these things happen before, like things like this. So they're like, all right, something's up. So people were already preparing for this situation. And I don't know if everyone is in communication with each other, but boom, there you have it. Judge Academy's gone. And about like, I don't know, 10 programs just started formulating all over the world. So we have... The one that we're probably closest to would be Judge Foundry, which is just Canada than the USA. Right. And, and again, none of these are endorsed by WOTC. These are all just independent programs put together by judges. I'm pretty sure they're all nonprofits. At least the ones I've looked into are. Uh, some of them have fees, though. It's mostly the fees just to upkeep the program it's not like people are pocketing money or whatever but uh you got judge foundry which is just canada and the usa we have the international judge program which is i mean it's in the name it's international uh judge foundry has fees international does not the rest i'm not sure about their fees i know judge academies dropped their fees they still exist yep uh they are global as well anybody can join that Um, If somebody can't, I'm not aware of it, but they're global. Uh, Then we have the Magic Judge Europe East group. They're doing their own thing. There's the Swedish program, although they have a bit of a weird thing going on, and I'll let David talk about that in just a second. And then we have the uh, UK and Ireland judge program yep uh, those are the ones i've heard of uh am i missing any or is that all of them? the australian oh, judge yeah, program. yes the australian one yes the judges down under yes <laughs> so david uh, what's going on backwards. with the swedish one i know you were mentioning it earlier before we started the show here today so it's it is its own judge program but basically it's still being they're using um the products that are being brought out by Judge Foundry and using Judge Foundry's basically their build for how they're going to they're using judge, judge apps, right? Yeah, so it's all going through Judge apps, yeah. but basically anything that Judge Foundry is doing uh, to for advancement and stuff like that is what they're also doing as well. And then they have an agreement with, or they're working towards an agreement with Judge Foundry, right? And then, yeah, I mean. With all of these different programs coming out, basically, let's say I, I mean, I'm, I'm barely a judge. Let's say I wanted to become one. Should I talk to a friend that I know is a judge? Should I approach someone at a tournament? Should I find a TO? Like, what, what, what would you even do now if you wanted to get involved in, in the program somehow? So, you know, I, I, you can, if you're in Sweden, you can look into the Sweden one. If you live in yep. Eastern Europe, you can look into that one. I mean, nothing's stopping you from joining a couple, right? Like if you right. lived in Australia, I don't think I would have an issue with you joining the Australian one and the international one. Um, some I, I'm at, like have restrictions. I'm assuming if you live outside of Australia, then probably you shouldn't be joining that one. I know Judge Foundry will not accept candidates outside of Canada and the USA. Uh, so uh, I think it's just you do your own research, look into them. Uh, I know, uh, like I've talked to some of the people running Judge Foundry, and I've been messaging them and you know talked a little bit about the program. They're super keen to answer questions. I'm not endorsing Judge Foundry as my number one choice by any means. You know, uh, what, what is it? Uh, JS hashtag not uh, hashtag not sponsored. Yep. Uh, although I, I did join the Judge Foundry one, it is a subscription based, but I I have intentions to also check out the international one as well. Uh, yeah. But I, I would say if you're if there's an event close to you, 
uh, even if you're not going to play and you're looking at joining the program, go to the event and talk to some of the judges there. I would get info from the judges that are at your events. A big part of that is actually making that connection with the judges right now, because the truth is, since there's no actual real accreditation, um, a TO's choice as to who's going to be uh, staffed for their event is based on their comfort of whether or not you actually have rules knowledge and IPG knowledge and MTR knowledge, and if you're a good worker. So if you can get another judge to help you understand what that looks like and help you know move you through the process of understanding those things and executing those things, um, and then speak on your behalf to the TO, it's going to help you get a lot further into the process. Did our newest judgling get his L1? before then okay good so at least there's that because like at least there was something right like there was something before it all went away so like for me i hadn't been around for a while i talked with our usual to and our organizer i went to an event i was happy to be there they were happy to have me it went well right so i'm still in the community but it's become it's it's almost worse in a way because now it's even more of an insular little community with no real way to get someone accredited from the outside unless you get in. So it's a gendered term and I'm sorry to use it, but it basically turns into an old boys club. And I'm, I, I'm aware that's a gendered term, but you know what I mean, right? Like it's like, if we already knew you and you're working, then that's fine, but it would almost make it harder to get in now, like right now until it gets figured out. I think that's fair. Um, a uh, fair way to put it is, uh, it's really hard for anyone to give a firm answer of, hey, you should go spend this money to go do your L1 on Judge Foundry, um, but no promises that that actually means anything in you know 10 months from now. Um, right. it, it is all about relationships. It's all about you know building those connections with people who are known uh, and then having those people speak on your behalf and uh, help you move forward with your goals. Or what it's worth... My understanding of the judge program, the way that it worked and the way that it worked for me, it was still that way anyway, right? To get an L1, you need someone to, to, to write you up. You need an L2 or an L1 or an L3 or whatever to write you up even under the, the, the JA program. So you still needed to be able to show that you were a good worker, show you had the knowledge, show all of those things. But there was also lessons you could do to show progress, right? Those things still exist. So you can still use those. You could have completed the L1 program on Judge Academy, even though it's not officially accredited. You can go complete all the exams, have that back there and be like, here's my account. Here's like my, my username. You can go check my resume and have all those things to back you up when you're having those conversations. But it's not official anymore. You know what I mean? So it makes it a little bit more, I don't know, nebulous, I guess. The only thing about that is that when JA was in charge, uh, basically you could go onto JA's website and say, hey, I want to get my accreditation. I, I've done my RA. It all went through. I'm looking to meet a judge to help certify me for L1. And they will, or sorry, it would allow you to see judges in your region so that you could reach out to them and say, hey, can you help me work on my L1? I've done all this stuff. I've done my RA. You can look at all my stuff. That part doesn't exist anymore. Uh, well, it, it does. Uh, judge apps has uh, you can, you can do a judge search by region on judge apps. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, actually, one of the the things that was always I preferred judge apps back in the day over judge academies because judge academy dealt with global, right? They had a global client, and there's a lot of privacy laws that they had to deal with, so they couldn't be like disclose where you lived or where you were, right? So a lot of judges it's i think it was auto set to private when you create an account they made that a thing so even if you looked in your region if you're in one of those like privacy very private regions uh it might show that there are zero judges in your region even though that's not true because they all had their you know privacy settings set to ghost mode to ninja mode so unless they went in and manually changed that you wouldn't be able to find judges whereas in judge apps didn't have that they didn't used to i know they've reworked it since we've gone back to judge apps now with that judge foundry has readopted it but it actually used to pop up it was really neat uh, it would be like a, a map like you know google maps and it would be like little dots of showing yep. you where the judges were and uh, you could filter it like by level so if you're like oh i need to get endorsed by an l2 you could like just l2 and then search you know i'm in ontario and then show you all the little dots and be like oh cool there's one like 20 kilometers where i live so there's Remy's house. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, I know they don't have the map thing anymore because, again, privacy things. But uh, yeah, exactly. exactly. But uh, I know they still have the search, so you can still search by region. It uh, narrows it down to city. So unless you didn't put city in your profile, but you can definitely still use that feature. Uh, you huh. can't find exactly where somebody lives anymore, but. Uh, you can at least get the right idea and send them an email, send them a message, and uh, tee up that way. I, I really would like to see them bring back uh, RCs, so uh, their regional coordinators. I, I heard that they're talking about some sort of thing. I know Judge Foundry was talking about it, and I think I saw a post on Discord channel that the International Judge Program was thinking about it too. So regional coordinators are super helpful because... It's basically your point of contact. If you're trying to hook up with a judge or even join the judge program, you just reach out to the regional coordinator. So, And it's pretty broad. Like Canada is one region. So it's one person that handles like all of the judge coordinating for Canada. So you would just send an email and be like, hey, I want to be a judge. And they'd be like, all right, cool. Tell me about yourself. And then they would, you know, based on your conversation with them, they'd be like, all right, well, I think uh, meeting up with uh, Remy would be not a good decision because he's a bit of a dick. Uh, but, you know, it wouldn't this, be wrong. Yeah. There's this other judge in your area, you know, whose uh, name is like uh, David or something like that. And uh, he could help you out. Regional coordinators are definitely helpful, but right now you can definitely just go to your local event and uh, tee up with some judges. I know there is an option too, like if you live in the middle of nowhere that you can remote certify. I know the program's still looking at doing remote certifications. They've done a couple so far. So if you live out in like, I don't know, none of it or something, uh, you can probably still get certified. Talking about judges and listening to Remy made me look at cards. And I'm looking at this Quintorius Cond and uh, the, the one with all the colors. And he's pretty dope. I might have to. David, do you have any of those lying around? I have foil ones. <laughs> no, I don't want the foil ones. <laughs> I, I don't want the foil ones. I don't have any lying around, sorry. Oh, damn it. All right, I'll find some. Well, I mean, while you're looking for Quintorius's, I guess I'll just change decks. Yeah, I, I don't think we're playing this game right, guys. I know. I'll get my MetaZoo deck. God, please no. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us on this episode of Does It Resolve. You can find us on Facebook at Does It Resolve Podcast. You can send us an email. I'm pretty sure it still works at Does It Resolve Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're technically on Instagram, but we haven't posted in a very long time. And while you're getting in touch with us, you can ask for our Discord server link, which does still exist. You can talk to us all day, every day, and maybe even find a game in your area that may or may not have a judge at it, who may or may not be certified in something. We don't know. But as always, I'm JS, and I'll be back at the beginning of the next upkeep. I'm David, and I'm here because I pretend to choose to be. And I'm Remy. I'm pretty sure I'm still under contract to be here. Huge thanks to the lady in the chair, and remember to play the decks you want to play the way you want to play them. Bye.